Welcome to Before the Business, a podcast dedicated to telling the origin stories of entrepreneurs. My name is Craig Swiston. Go Materials is a simple concept. Landscape professionals required a more efficient way to resolve day-to-day operational challenges. Everything from estimating to logistics management, getting the right plants and shrubs to the right job site at the right time. In 2016, the business was launched with a vision to streamline, enhance, and improve the procurement process for professional landscapers. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast, co-founder, Michael Bellows. Hi, Michael. Thanks for your time today. Tell me a little bit about Go Materials. Go Materials is a business-to-business marketplace that's basically revolutionizing how landscape contractors buy the materials they use for their project, bringing plant and tree procurement to the 21st century. So when you talk about landscaping, are we talking about patio stones or are we talking about soil and sod? Are we talking about trees? What are we talking about? Yeah. So within landscape construction, there, there's a lot of materials. You can think of it like outside. What materials would be used for a park? What materials would be used for your backyard or your front yard, right? Today, uh, almost all of our business, 95% softscape, 5% uh, hardscape. And it's definitely something we want to do eventually. At the end of the day, is we just have a, have a niche that we're really excelling at, which is the largest opportunity within this segment because of the complexity. It is alive, breathing, dying, getting sick material. So you can imagine the delivery, transportation, and I mean, entire process that goes into making it, moving it is, is, is pretty complex. So we're, we're, I mean, that's, that's kind of our mission over the next two to three years, but at the end of the day, our vision is much more encompassing of other categories. So who are your customers? Well, our customers are landscape contractors and cities. So, and the landscape contractor is basically a company that works on uh, any kind of exterior construction project. When I say exterior, it could mean municipal park. It could also mean someone's backyard. Definitely a medium too large. The RAM in Montreal is uh, the new trains above ground train system system that's been in place, and we are the you know, partner for that. So uh, it definitely, you know, commercial and municipal uh, landscape contractors is our sweet spot. So where did the initial idea to start Go Materials come from? One of the co-founders, um, Mark. He was who our customer is. He was a landscape contractor for about 15 years. So he kind of grew one of the largest uh, landscape companies in Montreal. And uh, basically when he successfully exited that business, kind of came to me and an old friend was looking for his next, his next company. And uh, my background is quite corporate before, uh, before starting Go Materials, right? So we, we thought of a bunch of different ideas and our brainstorming sessions. You know, I mean, we're not just within the construction space, but, um, and then one day, Mark uh, was basically telling me how he used to buy these materials uh, when he was a contractor. And it was by phone, text, calling 10 different suppliers one by one, organizing all the logistics, getting invoices by fax in, in 2020, right? So he, he kind of explained it to, to me and our other co-founder casually. And then me and Shireen at that time were like, what? Like, there's still an industry that is this archaic and there's still industries that exist that haven't gone through any type of real innovation. And then once basically that was done, we did some preliminary research and then we, uh, we, we were set out on our mission to, um, to bring the whole procurement process in the space of the 21st century. Walk me through that process between you have this idea, you have this inspiration that there's a, there's a business here. 
What are the next steps for you? What does the next couple of months look like? No, it was about a year, honestly. Uh, we had a slower start uh, to the business, right? I was part-time. Two of three founders were, were part-time kind of nights, nights and weekends as a side hustle. That's really how Go Material started. So we, we treated it really in the early phases very academically in our approach to, I mean, look at the market and looking at the fragmentation, looking at the competitive landscape. So we really did a pretty thorough job and then really launched in 2018, our, our kind of beta uh, platform in, in, in Montreal. And, and we had a, a lot of traction really quick. And that's, you know, I mean, how everything kind of domino affected from there. So when you started, did you have a list of customers? Did you have a list of prospects? Did you start by staring at a blank page? Walk me through that that phase of the startup of Go Materials. So definitely Mark's old company was one of our first customers, right? So definitely that kind of came in pretty uh, pretty fast. And then the truth is, is he didn't really, because he was a contractor, so he didn't really have that many other contractors that he had relationships with because they used to be technically competitors to him, right? So it, from that standpoint, it really wasn't a huge, but from our supplier development standpoint, meaning like nurseries and growers and, I mean, pepinias, like, he did have um, a network within Montreal that we leveraged to kind of get our first suppliers on board. But then from a, a buyer standpoint, from a landscaper standpoint, it was, it was kind of knocking on doors and making calls. How long was it before you collectively realized, oh, we actually, we actually might have a real business here? So we knew we had a business pretty quick. Like, I mean, we would have pretty fast ramp up in terms of like our revenue, right? In our first year. But I would say my aha moment of realizing the scale at which this problem exists was when we opened up um, our first U.S. market, which was New York. And with very little effort, in two weeks, we had, a, I mean, $42,000 of revenue. So it was one of those moments was like, okay, the problem that we're solving is not a Montreal problem. It's not a Canadian problem. Like, this is a huge um, supply chain and procurement issue that someone needs to innovate and, and someone, someone needs to do this and, it, and it's going to be us. And that was the point too, when I, uh, I quit my, uh, my nine to five, right. That was, that was a pivotal moment for me where I was like, all right, let's go all in on this and, uh, and go. Was this your first foray into life as an entrepreneur? Entrepreneurship definitely runs in my, uh, in my blood and in my family, right. That I think 80% of my immediate and extended family are entrepreneurs in one way or another. Um, you know, I mean, I had started a bunch of different things way earlier on in life, which technically would, could be considered small businesses. But at this level and at this scale, it was definitely kind of the first major project, major company. So what did you learn from those smaller companies, those small business ventures that you were able to then apply to your work with Go Materials? I think at a certain point, depending on the person, it's less thinking, more doing, especially early on. The most you're going to learn is when it doesn't happen when it doesn't work when there's a little like what i'll call you know, minor failures along the way but until you actually go out and talk to someone nothing really happened right so i think that that's one thing like we did it we like we we moved forward as soon as we had our first year in 2018 like we kind of moved forward pretty quick after that we have good i mean pretty fast growth and i think that's really the mentality is going to just try and fail and, and iterate well where does that mentality come from? Where does that try, fail, iterate come from? A lot of people will try, fail, and stop. So it, it comes down to who you surround yourself with. Right? Your partners and your founders and your first employees and the friends you spend the most time with, I think it's in parallel to, I mean, professional, personal. At the end of the day, you are a product of who you surround yourself 
with. And I think there's even like a, a cheesy saying that's like you are the, the, the average of the five people you spend the most time with or something like that. But I truly believe that, right? And, and if you surround yourself with hustle and grit and, and, and resilience, inevitably you're going to embody those traits. And if you don't have them naturally, you're going to learn how to, how to have them. So on bad days when you're, you know what I mean, having a bad day and losing a bit of faith in, in what you're trying to do, that's probably going to be the day where your business partner is having some success or had a, had a big win. And so like that balancing out and having that person to lean on is, uh, is everything. So I guess if I were to summarize it, in the early days, you were relying on each other for support. Yeah, 100%. Right. And Mark was in the business at full-time capacity, where me and Shereen were part-time. So we had very different dynamics. We had actually very different time commitments and, and, and it was the reality of it. Mark you know, probably struggled a little bit more earlier on because he was facing these like obstacles head on and it was me and Shereen's job to make sure that he was, I mean, still supported to keep going so that we can get the company to a point where we could come in in a full-time basis, right? And, and some of the risk be removed. If you had to go back in time, would you have maybe jumped in into a full-time role earlier? What do you think about the sense of timing when you made that decision to commit completely and fully to go materials. So there was a, a study that was done at one point that was evaluating startup success. So it evaluated like 3000 companies and it looked at like four main factors. So the team, the capital behind the team, market timing, and the actual product or service. And the results of it, the data is, is, is insane. And it comes down to one of the biggest indicators of a startup success is that it was the right time for the customer especially from an innovation standpoint. And I, I really believe that two years earlier, the mindset of our customer, landscape construction, super archaic, they wouldn't have been there, right? It would have been, it would have been, have been a solution that wouldn't have been ready for them. And like the comparison I'll make really quick is the first ever landscape tech conference was in 2018, right? And there was five booths at that conference in 2018. This year, there was over 100 booths of different softwares and, and companies that were innovating the space. So I think for this industry coming on earlier, would it, have, would it have hurt us? Would it have killed us? I don't think so. But did we really come in at the right timing of the like, adoption curve of when things really started to kick off and the wind was really in the go material sales? Absolutely. Absolutely. When was that decision validated for you? When did you... When did you really realize that the wind was in your sails? It was, it was after I jumped in full time. I, I didn't realize, maybe I had an inclination or a gut, but really like seeing it and starting to travel more to the US and seeing what people were doing and, and other verticals. That was really when it was like, holy, like this is, there is something huge here that's much bigger than just our company, but what's happening in this entire industry. Since starting the business and with the rapid pace of change in the industry, has it affected or changed your approach to the business, how you proceed and, and pursue new opportunities? So a lot, a lot has changed in the past four years, right? When you go from 33 founders to number 35, 40 employees, right? Roles and responsibilities change. And I, and I think that one thing that is going to stay with us forever is, is, the, is how you look at uncertainty in, in terms of when you're doing something. Like you're, you can spend again, weeks on end planning and trying to get more data to make a better decision. But if, if you can just move forward in a quick and scrappy and inexpensive way and see what happens with a certain launch or certain innovation or marketing initiative, 
like that's something that I, that will keep with us from a, you mean a resourceful standpoint forever. So let's come back to something that we teased at the beginning. Your business has obviously undergone a whole lot of changes in the last four or five years. Where do you see it today and where do you see it going in the future? Yeah, in Canada, we're out of Quebec and Ontario. And in the US, we're out of New York, New Jersey, Florida, Texas, California, Georgia, and both uh, North and South Carolina. Uh, over the next 18 months, actually, it's pretty focused on those regions and just gaining market share in those uh, locations. But of course, over the next three to five years, it's to be across North America. So maybe I should have asked this earlier. What do you do to attract customers? So as I mentioned before, the, the industry is pretty old school. So we, we rely on some pretty traditional sales models, meaning, you know, I mean, industry events, going for a beer and shaking hands and, and having a conversation. There, there's still a lot of that that goes on in the space. Uh, but we are cracking our way into, especially in the like the awareness and consideration phase of of, of uh, what we do is is you know I mean there's a big white space in content as well because you know I mean there, there hasn't been much out there that what what do you sort of interrupt what do you mean by content like uh, ebooks you know what I mean entirely I mean the create creating our you know I mean top five tips to be the most profitable landscaping company this year so it's like we can create valuable content that i mean is branded with go materials that our lead or our customer will find i mean super interesting and then want to learn more about what we do i didn't mean to leave this till the end but you know where do you source many of your materials i'm talking about the plants the trees the shrubs that you're that you're selling through the distribution network that you've created so um we source them through about 15 the two provinces in canada and then about 15 states so the the actual states that we operate into from a buying standpoint but then there is material that comes from further outside those areas that we don't actually sell to, but we'll buy from um, and, and our suppliers are from. Um, but most of the time it's within, let's say they call it an eight hour radius of where the project is actually taking place. And, and it's, it's local, but there's also a lot of national. I mean, we ship trees from Florida to Texas and from California to Florida. So like there is cross like coast to coast um, deliveries that do happen. It all kind of depends on the type of project and the type of material that's needed for it. Um, and that's kind of how we, we have the single handed the largest network of nurseries and suppliers in North America today. Michael, thank you so much for your time today and letting people know your origin story and the story behind Go Materials. If people want more information about the company, gomaterials.com. If you like listening to the origin stories of entrepreneurs, please continue to rate, review, and share the podcast with your family and friends. For more origin stories, check out the full collection at beforethebusiness.com.